Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after-lodge banter. White guy. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. You know it's kind of hard dressed to get along today. Our subject isn't cool, but he thinks it anyway. He may not have a clue and he may not have style, but everything he lacks, well, he makes up in denial. So don't he? Welcome to episode 172 of the After Lodge podcast. This is After Lodge Harlan, and yes, I, I did say it correctly. This is episode 172. Uh, episode 171 is still in the process of making it to the air, but uh, it's, it's on the way. That's a fact. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you're not watching the live stream, then by the time you hear this, it's all a moot point anyway, because it'll be out. So, uh... Anyway, we are joined as usual by worshipless producer Bruce. Gentlemen, good evening. And uh, Boss Hog, the the social media man, the Floridian sensation. Um, I, I can't think of, of anything else. Uh, Mr. Pink Aprons himself, uh, Nick. I I don't Hello, want Nick. any of those titles. Those are all fantastic. What's going on, guys? Those like are terrible it. titles. First of all, I've never seen a hog in my life. Why do you hate being uh, associated with Florida? It's on Florida. Yes, David Riley's in Florida. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue going on. What's going on, guys? Uh, you know, another day, another podcast. We got uh, uh, Mr. Cartman of the After Lodge Lodge. He likes uh, to call himself Jeff. Yeah, sometimes. And uh, everybody's favorite grumpy past angry chaplain. G Pack. The angry chaplain couldn't make it today. Uh-oh. Oh my and, God. And, and, oh, really and, and, now he asked me to sit in for him. And so I'm going to sit all over this thing. 
Well, welcome, Truman. <laughs> welcome back to the show. You have not been on in quite a while. You're, you're missing your hat. What, what, what happened to your hat there? What hat? Truman always had a hat. You know, the hat with the brim on the front? Oh, oh, honey. Oh, honey. A hat is so 2016. Well, this is 2017. Everybody that anybody is wearing glasses. Hmm. Aviator glasses don't really uh, become you, Truman. That's an odd look for a fellow who... Well, let's just say it, it, it doesn't match the hat. Y'all need to move on. I'm trying to figure out this IRC thing. Uh, the IRC says it's the International Rescue Commission. Nope, wrong one. <laughs> Is that why I couldn't find you? Sorry about that, fellas. Truman's insanity woke the boy up, so... I got the baby. Say hello to the baby, everyone. Hello, baby. Hello Hi, there. Baby. You are looking significantly bigger and happier than the last time I saw you. No yeah. goat noises? Nope. He's a big old boy. It took me... I clicked on the link that you have on the After Lodge website, and it took me to Reddit. You clicked on the wrong link, Truman. So, uh... Maybe this would be a a useful demonstration of how to get uh, our Truman-esque listeners connected to IRC. See, you just go to the snoonet.org. I have an IRC wait, tutorial right now. Wait a minute, because the first thing that was on the Afterlodge Reddit said that we back on Facebook, so now I'm stuck in Facebook world. That's true. We are back on Facebook, everybody. So, if so you everybody, we, we are back on Facebook. We on the Facebook thing. Yes, we are back on Facebook. Thanks, thanks to Nick for that. No, credit goes to Bruce. I didn't do anything. Yeah, you, you did, actually. You, you made a post that told everyone we were recording tonight. So then when we wanted to back out of recording tonight, we were committed. Uh, <laughs> IRC traffic relative to um, the, the the typical night. Oh, it's just flowing. The conversation. I mean, I've never seen so many people speaking at one time. Um, I'm glad. Thank you, brothers, for joining us in the IRC. It's always the best place to uh, be part of the conversation. They're all here for you, Nick. And uh, thanks, also Bruce, for joining us on the IRC. I know it was very difficult for you to operate the IRC client. On the water. We <laughs> <laughs> can't do this anymore. All right, so um, we uh, didn't record last night, as is our usual Tuesday evening habits, uh, because we were all out at the the old man's lodge. Um, and by the old man's lodge, I I literally mean like the lodge at the nursing home. Um. Really? Is that a legit nursing home? Yes. yes. I'm so, glad you clarified that, by the way, because every lodge, the old man's lodge. I mean, isn't yes. technically every lodge a nursing home? I mean... No, like this, this one... This one is literally a nursing home. Legit. Like, dinner is catered by the nursing home cafeteria. We should have saved that like as a segue into the next topic. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's anyway. a good point. Um, so, we had a Master Mason degree there, which was very um, interesting to perform... When you have various accoutrements like uh, walkers and special chairs and whatnot involved for three guys, 
but we pulled it off, and uh, it went off really well. Um, well, I need more details. Was it three young guys that were joining no, no, the lodge no, at the no, nursing home? It was like, uh, well, two residents and then somebody who like works there, I think. Hmm. So y'all raised three old people. Yeah. Yes. The, like, so, I, would, I would say the youngest of the three guys getting raised was maybe 50. Does that sound yeah. accurate, Harlan? Yeah. But uh, then there was also the, the speech from a rather prominent Mason um, talking about the slowdown and the decline of our membership. And how eventually we can expect an uptick again. And then an immediate segue into, but it's about quality, not quantity. Yes. And then Bruce was uncontrollably giggling in the back corner. Never forget. It's about <laughs> the number of sunshades you bring in. <laughs> but also um, the quality of those sunshades. Yeah, I got what he was doing, but... Uh, it just, just the, the dichotomy was, was quite amusing because it's like that, that schizophrenic Grand Lodge thing about, well, crap, we're tired of being in the news for like Masons getting in trouble for whatever, but also we need more dues. Uh, you know, I, Harlan, I, I will give him a little bit of credit. There are several of the past few Great Masters who I don't think would have even added that second part. No, that that's true. I mean, it, it just, I don't think he intended for it to, to, all mashed together like that. Uh, he was in a hurry and whatnot. He had a different lodge to get to, and um, right, right, right. The, the funny part was Bruce being all like, <laughs> all audibly in the back. I read subtext oh, no. well. <clears throat> I have a question. Yes, Tony. Okay. Yep. This is the chaplain again. Um, is it morally right? Am I crossing? A, I may cross a line here. You may have to cut this out. What if we? raised a bunch of really old men and then sold them lifetime memberships. That would be a great deal for whatever lodge did that, you know, raise a 70 year old guy. He'll never hit his 50 year pin more than likely. And yep. we sell them life memberships. Hey, you won't ever Tony, have to pay dues again for $600. Tony, way, I will pass your idea on to the grandmaster and I'm sure you will be in a chair next year there. So, um, yeah. Think about, think something, about something it. cheap, to fraud. No, that's a oh, great idea. oh, damn, yeah, <laughs> oh, Swiss, it's Swiss. We don't, we not, don't not technically, anymore. Jeff. If they live long enough, it's worth their while. Right. <laughs> True. Tony is banking <laughs> on that happening. Tony is, yeah, he's, uh, he's like the social uh, security office, right? He's the, banking uh, the opposite way. I'm totally just on the up and up. I'm going to go with the statistics here, and if we can raise enough old people and get your lifetime memberships out of them, we'll have no more financial problems. Get their $600, and boom. So let me ask you a question, Tony. Do you think, uh, as, as far as the, the grand line is concerned, it's about the number of members or the money they bring in? Well, here's the deal. Or, or, or do you think matter. those are such conflicting ideas that it would make their head explode if they had to pick one over the other? If you'll raise enough 70 or 80 year old members, it's really not about the quality because they're not going to be around long enough to hurt anything. Or not. <laughs> but, we, but we got their, I mean, this is bad. But they're I'm also serious. not going to be able to pay dues for very long. Oh, he's scared he's being serious. No, you, know, you won't have to because they're lifetime members. You got their lifetime dues. For At Lodge last week, we discussed a different way to make sure that we didn't have any more financial issues. 
and it's oh, less dubious geez. than that. What was uh, that? I believe we discussed, I don't know, making dues cover the expenses of the lodge and then maybe an extra 5 or 10% for a rainy okay. day. How dare you suggest such a thing? <laughs> Do you hear this no guy? No more financial problems ever the again. Pro the problem with that, Harlan, is the guys Tony want to bring in are the ones who are going to have an issue with that. So there are well, they're the ones that can buy a lifetime membership there. and then never have to pay the dues. So there you go. Sounds win-win to me. There's a lodge down here that had a pretty good idea. They were selling or whatever uh, lifetime memberships for half price. The lodge would pay half, and then you would pay the other half. And you could pay it over the course, I think, of two years. Um, and what it did was it, it was an investment. The lodge invested in, in your lifetime membership, which they would get back eventually if the lodge was open forever, perpetually, right? So basically this lodge was offering half price lifetime memberships. How would the lodge get their money back eventually? Yeah. Because they get per because when you have a lifetime membership. Yeah. The, so the way I understand it is the Grand Lodge invests the amount they make from the lifetime memberships into a big fund that goes into some fancy finance stuff to get investments every year. And then you get a percentage of that back and you get that perpetually forever. Even after you're dead, which is why lifetime memberships are actually a really uh, respected thing. Well, then the lifetime membership has to be enough to at least pay enough interest to cover Grand Lodge dues every year. Right. But even even if that's all it pays, like you, because it extends beyond your life, it's it's an investment like rolling forward. Uh, right. That's why the, the Scottish Rite lifetime membership works as well as it does because there's, you know, potentially millions of members who are no longer living who we're still getting that lifetime membership interest draw on every year. Correct. Okay, but a guy that's old like me, that's like 80 years old, doesn't get near as good a deal out of that as a guy that comes into the lodge at 20 years old. Yeah, but you don't you're think You're the of one it saying it, bro, not us. <laughs> and you don't think of it as getting a deal. You're thinking of it as I'm making an investment in my lodge. Forever. Yeah. No, we tell, okay, here's the flaw in the whole argument with with the dues. Okay, I agree that the lodge dues should be enough to pay the, the annual lodge expenses and some, okay? But here's the flaw in that argument. You're asking for somebody to invest a whole lot of money into something that they don't have any clue what they're investing in because we don't tell them a whole lot about it. Um, huh? What are you talking other, about? When you say, hey, come join. In our jurisdiction, entered apprentices pay dues is what he's alluding to. Oh. Right. And new so, guys. And so a brand new guy coming into the lodge, then you're going to say, oh, you're going to need to pay us $200 a year or 500 a year, whatever the number is. He doesn't realize the value in it. So are we really – I, I, that, that's the flaw in the argument is trying to get somebody to pay big money up front that doesn't know what they're going to get out of it. Now, a lot why of people... You, go ahead. Why would you tell somebody to pay it up front? Well, because in our jurisdiction, <laughs> you're an EA, you owe it. I mean, the night you're initiated, you pay your initiation fee and your first year's dues. Right. And so you're telling that guy, make sure you bring X amount of money to Lodge. And so when you add in his initiation fee and his annual dues, and if those annual dues are twelve hundred a year, you're gonna have a lot of people say, Nope, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk it. 
Does well, I mean, if if, if that ended up being an actual issue, that I don't think it would be a problem for uh, us to have lower dues for EAs. I'm, well, it would be because our jurisdiction doesn't let you do that. We we've tried that already too. Um, but I've only seen this be a, a major yeah, but issue one time. that's because our jurisdiction has like rock bottom prices on dues, Harlan. I'm talking about yes. if we significantly increase them, there'd have to be a middle ground I mean, there. I've only ever had one guy show up to an EA degree and then say, screw that, I ain't paying any more money and leaving. Really? Um, yeah, that <laughs> happened one time out of all the guys we've initiated. Did he not know? Uh, I don't believe he did. I think he was told to bring his $30 for his initiation fee, and that was it. And then the secretary, who wasn't me, hit him up for first year's dues, and uh, he just left. That's the way mine was. Really? But I, I still haven't figured out if the secretary at the time of that lodge just didn't, you know, I, you know, forgot to ask and just said, well, I'll be nice and cover it. Or what? I I've, I never was able to clarify how that worked, but uh, for my for my EA, I showed up, paid my uh, thirty dollars for that degree. Fellowcraft did the thirty dollars. Master did the thirty dollars. I actually I didn't have to pay dues until after I was like full full years dues until after I was raised. So you paid ninety dollars for all three degrees. Yes. And then after the third degree, you had to pay how much? $57. Are you serious? That is the mm. annual dues at my mother lodge. But you got we've got a, uh, a fish fry that's been going on for decades. Um, like longer than after lodge lodge has existed. Yes. Longer than several lodges have existed. Um, as a matter of fact, us and our current district deputy uh, grand master, actually, or well, <laughs> our master and our district deputy, anytime they're sitting in lodge together, they make jabs at each other because they've got a fish fry as well that's been going on a little bit longer. So theirs is world famous. Ours is just like nationally famous. And, but yeah, that, that, that money covers an exponential amount of the bills, so we get really low dues. I still think we need to raise them, but... Yeah. I'm way outvoted right now because I think I'm one well, of two people that thinks that. So I mean, your lodge's mere existence is only based on this business enterprise that could collapse at any moment. Yeah, um, thanks to Facebook. What happens tomorrow when fish prices soar? Yes, uh, I mean we went through that. Like our lodge had a fish fry in the '90s that was hauling, and I mean hauling, like making. Yeah. Uh, clearing profit a thousand dollars and they did it every week and so that's like four grand a month in the early 90s holy crap not a bad haul and uh, the lodge was built in large part with that that money from that fish fry then after the lodge was built uh, dues never increased and so then the fish fry money became a dependency for paying the bills well in our community, fish fries slowly became less of a thing. The price of the food they were serving climbed quite quickly. Uh, there was a big infight over the guys working the fish fry, drinking beer while they were working it. Um, so they all quit, and then the crew got cut basically down to 25%. Um, 
And then shortly after that, another lodge moved about a mile down the road that was quite renowned for its fish fry, more so than ours. And people just started going there. And um, that other lodge, by the way, is just other lodge. And uh, <laughs> so then our lodge had no fish fry money and almost collapsed because it let itself be dependent on this this business thing. Um, which really seems kind of silly when you think about it. Like, why am I paying dues to an organization so I can work a fish fry to pay for the rest of the organization? Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, I agree. Um, but I would like to think that it's because most of those guys understand, you know, they see these other lodges that have dues that are astronomical relative to ours, and that's just a supplement to that. Like, they're doing that so they don't have to pay $500 a year dues. Yeah, but so you could work fewer hours just getting a part-time job at McDonald's and just doing that to pay your dues, and you would make... You would work far fewer hours than you'd have to volunteer at a fish fry to make hey, the same amount of dues. Doing that for your lodge. That is true. But the fish fry is not really for your lodge either. Of course it is. Like it's to make money for your lodge. Right. Right. It keeps the lights lodge... on. It keeps our building. So, so why not just do that, that for your lodge when you're making money for your lodge? Why Why not just go get a part-time job and work half as many hours as you work there with your brothers. Like, I don't know, go take a, a job on a construction crew or something. I, I, I don't know. There's, I mean, maybe fish fries are the best way. What I'm getting at is we shouldn't be depending on fundraisers to keep our doors open. If we do fundraisers at all, it should be for the purpose of doing cool stuff. Like, you know, the big scholarship funds or, or like the community basket donation or other things that we, we want to do that's cool, not things that we should be paying for like grown men out of our pockets, like the light bill. I agree. I think uh, the more guys that oppose that, um, that opposed raising of the dues, and I think part of it is if a lodge... If the treasurer constantly says, guys, this is our balance, guys, this is our balance, guys, like, we have no money. Over time, the lodge is either going to be like, all right, fine, we have to raise our dues, or they're just going to close. And I 100% uh, think that there's going to be a lot of lodges closing in the next five years. And, and while that's saddening, I think that's necessary, and that's what should happen. Absolutely. I think if your lodge doesn't have the members willing to put forth the cash to operate a lodge, then you don't need to have a lodge. It, it, it's agreed. Um, and our lodge has even taken a step in that direction, or at least our social club did, as we talked about on the show very recently. Uh, the lodge came up short on its grand lodge assessments again, so the social club always decides what it's going to pay the lodge in rent every year kind of based on what that shortfall is. Right. Um, and we pay a phenomenal amount to the lodge for, for the rent that the social club, quote, uses the lodge for. So the board of directors resolved that if the lodge makes no attempts to raise its dues to cover its bills, that the social club will not be paying money to make that shortfall again. Um, I think that's a great idea. 
and uh, it, it, it's probably just a bluff. I don't know. I'm only one <laughs> member on that board. But You're the one that made the Yes. I did, but then it was all met with here, here, pretty much all the way around. Yeah, true. Uh, except for Bruce, who was sitting over there with his eyes <coughs> wide as saucers. Like, oh? That happened. Um, you'd think that the chairman of the social club, who's going to be the master next year, would be more concerned. <laughs> um, he anyway. does not seem like a guy who's concerned about much of anything to me. No. Well... Uh, what we were getting at was we started the social club and started doing these big fairs and fundraisers and whatnot. At the time, it was to, quote, keep the doors of the lodge open, but it was because the lodge needed a serious injection of capital that we just couldn't pass the hat around enough to raise because um, things had just gotten that bad. Now we're back on, on more of an even kilter, and the whole premise of our social club is supposed to be doing that cool stuff. Like the social club does the scholarship... We do um, the improvements to the building, you know, the fun stuff, the community involvement stuff. That's supposed to be why we're fundraising, not to make sure that the toilet flushes when you push the lever. Um, that, that just, to me, it just still, all these years later, seems so crazy that an organization of grown men can't wrap our heads around that. Well, I mean, I, I think you're coming at it from a different angle than, than they are. They, yeah. the, the guys who work at it, I think, maybe see a sense of lodge involvement in doing what they're doing, and they would rather. Right, but the guys working the fundraisers and little stuff. Little to no reason, or little to no money going to their lodge, as opposed to, like you said, a, a job working construction or something to pay the extra dues. But like but the guys who work our fundraisers and, and do all of that stuff, they're the ones clamoring that we need to raise dues. Like it's not like you've got a lot of guys working the fundraiser saying, "Well, I do this because I can't afford to pay higher dues." I'd give you maybe fifty-fifty. I wouldn't say all those guys are, are those guys. There, there's one guy that we gave a service exemption to for working a lot of breakfasts because he just really didn't have the money, and and we do stuff like that. Um, but I just, I guess I'm just never gonna get it. Um, and maybe in the in the title of uh, Okay. Nick Johnson's article. That's that's exactly what I was going to do. While while we're since we're talking about dues, let's move directly to that portion of his article before yes. we get to the rest of the article. I wanted to thank because he Nick. has some hard numbers in there. I'll go ahead. Well, so they weren't really hard numbers, and if you follow the comment thread on Reddit, he he backpedals that quite a bit because he hadn't really done the math when he posted that. He updated it. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I wanted to, to thank Nick not only for the shout out on his blog, um, but mean. also for having the cojones um, to just come out a, a, and spell out his position uh, in a way that I've always been too timid to do publicly. Yeah, um, a solid article. Anybody uh, who has not read it, that is uh, millennialfreemason.com. Check out Nick Johnson's stuff. It's yes. Awesome. And, and what he was talking about um, was this, this fear of elitism that we have because we, we have these things where we talk about men existing on the level, etc. Um, and, and somehow that, that turns into this fear of anything that resembles affluence or status or anything along those lines. And that fear is entirely unhealthy, right? It, it's not creating that heterogeneous pool of men. 
when you look at the lodge and while there should be lots of blue collar guys represented in a lot of lodges, especially here, that's all you see. That's that's very homogenous, not heterogeneous, however that word work. You, you, you've got no mixture. You're not bringing men from different sectors of society together when you're basically running off the, the quote, one percenters that used to be present in our lodges. And a lot of times when there was a major expense, and in our own lodges minutes, it's in our own history. Back when we used to have something really big that needed to be done, uh, and Stanley will tell you, if you sit around after lodge, he'll tell you over and over and over again how he could just make a phone call to a certain select set of brothers and they would all just start writing $1,000 and $3,000 checks and get it taken care of. Well, those men potentially don't feel welcome anymore. Um, and even because of that, that like, and I'm getting a little personal here because I get this a lot at my own lodge that when you talk about raising dues, people immediately look at what you do for a living and, and start calling you an elitist who's trying to squeeze everyone out. Um, instead of just being, you know, a reasonable man who thinks you should have to pay your bills and not expect the public to pay them for a slice of fish. Well, d d despite how much I agree with you, Arlen, we don't have uh, Jason on the show anymore, so I'm going to have to argue from the other side. Uh, you're talking about pushing the 1% out. What about pushing, you know, the bottom 20, 30% out, the guys who can't pay the ab absurd $1,200 dues or... Uh, well, so you're not... Whatever. The pushing of the 1% out is, is intentional, at least around here. Like, it's very much... Mm, what do you mean? You mean, because it, it's it's not a money dues it's not a money issue it's it's a lodge attitude issue where just professional types don't seem as welcome uh, and it could be because I work for a lot or work for great I'm a member of a lodge that has a, <laughs> a large percentage of, of union retirees and they're from the days of you know big labor versus big money Pension? and they've just really embraced that fixed income next what fixed income oh yeah well that's the thing that always gets thrown around is the the fixed income but i really feel like that's the, the people that are usually screaming the loudest about that aren't on fixed incomes it, it we witnessed this a, happen that's in our not lives. a reason to deny it no but um, we we've we've been through this in our lodge before. Uh, there's there's one member who is a, a life member of our lodge now, not by his own choice. Um, his brother foisted it upon him. Basically, when we found out that he wasn't coming to lodge because he had to choose between gas money to get to lodge and paying his dues, and he thought it was more important to pay his dues and keep the lodge afloat than than to be present, um, because he he had his priorities in line. And people who really want to be there, they, they make it work. And if they really can't, nobody in our lodge has been turned away from being part of the lodge because they don't have money. Nobody who's a member now. Let me let me clarify that because I'm going to get to another of Nick's points in a minute. Because our dues are where they are. <laughs> well, no, even when we raise them, right? So we have guys who can't afford when, to pay them. When, when did we raise them? What do you mean? We raised them, uh, well, it's been almost 10 years ago now. How much did we raise them, Marlon? Uh, we raised them... 
like $20. But when you go from 60 to 80, that was a big jump for some people. What I'm getting at is nobody, nobody has been pushed out because they can't pay their dues. Every time somebody is actually unable to pay it, who's already a member, let's forget about new guys again. We'll get to that in a second. Um, because we find ways to make it work, right? We, okay. We got, we got Navy Boy that comes and takes care of the floor for us. Uh, we had the other guy we gave a service exemption to, and he worked a bunch of breakfasts. We have other guys where the funeral home in town just covers their dues because they know they're on hard times. Like, it gets taken care of. And do you think that would still be the case if, if dues were suddenly four or five times what they are? I, I absolutely. I think especially then it would be the really? case, right? Nobody wants to be the guy who, who pushed out the retired brother that we all know and love because we had to raise dues. Like we, we find ways to, we're never going to let somebody squeeze out because they don't have the money. Now we let people squeeze out all the time because they don't want to pay the money, but never because they don't have it. But there are a lot of the old guys again on fixed incomes who, who are able to pay them now or, you know, some semblance. Uh, you're talking about the, all the younger guys carrying all the older guys. Well, I mean, if that's how it has to be for a while, um, well, hold on, hold on. Yep. Yours, you're creating a rule, and I am against almost everything Nick Johnson put on that blog. It, I actually got what? really pissed off. I'm, I got really pissed, and oh, I am a. Turns out we don't need awesome. Jason. <laughs> oh, I am. Okay. Hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Harlan, our, our Jason is now here. I'm back yes. on your side. Please go, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. If anybody's an elitist, it's me. I'm a freaking Boston Mason. We walk around snobby, and we're so proud of it. But I don't understand this whole I, – I just – I was so against so many things he wrote. He was saying that dues need to be based on an income. It's the same thing with raising dues, and to your point. Ah, okay. You don't need to – you need to make it worth my time. You, these guys that you're talking about that dished out $1,000, $3,000, maybe it was because they were uh, well off. Maybe they had no money, and they are like, you know what? This lodge is worth it. This lodge has done stuff for me, et cetera. I have this conversation with, I think, five different lodges in Florida this year because their dues are something dumb, like $100 a year. And they're like, brethren, we can't pay anything. Yes, your dues need to be a considerable amount that pays the bills, but they're not astronomically high. But at the second point, you need to make your lodge worth it for me to pay extra. If all, and we go over this a thousand times. If I'm coming to your lodge and all we do is minutes and you remind me that no one's supposed to talk uh, during the ballot box and, and George Washington was a Mason and then you're feeding me spaghetti. Was? Oh, shut up. And then... <laughs> <laughs> that's, and then that, you guys that, are like, that's entirely on the lodge though Nick which is entirely on the members which if you remember then it's on you yeah you, what he said. but if you make it worth the experience for the guys then they but don't who, have any problem passing it's that your responsibility who's going to make it worth it, it, worth it? First of all, it's more than one person because we're, we're kind of like a democracy where, you know, the majority rules. No, we're not. Um, it's no, you. we are a benevolent dictatorship, sir. It Bruce is. reminds <laughs> us of that every week. I don't know how y'all vote for stuff, but sadly here, most of the time it's majority rules. Most of the things. Anyway, not the to hear it. 
Uh, that, so, that's true, except I only know the things that Harlan tells me, which are usually relevant after the fact, so it's it's very uh, rare that I actually have power. Anyway. Good old secretary, worshipful master. It's funny, you guys sit so close to each other, yet there's so much miscommunication. It's amazing. Now, you know what? Bruce is doing just fine. brought the hammer down on some of our lodge this week, and I got a little scared, so... Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I meant to ask you about that, Harlan. Did you uh, <laughs> approve of my answer to that? I, I did. I just uh, I wasn't expecting you to be so uh, decisive. I mean, it was it was pleasantly surprising, but I thought, oh, 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 I'm just gonna close Slack now and let that be. <laughs> All right. Basically, I talked to uh, Joey and Josh both yesterday. They were Bruce has had a, a group of guys in the lodge badgering him for some shortcuts for some of our new candidates. Um, and this has happened over and over with different guys, and Bruce finally just dropped the hammer and said, stop asking me for this. We're not lowering our standards. Stop it. Wow. And uh, that that was abbreviated. I, I'm not going to go into <laughs> the whole thing because it's internal lodge affairs. But, um, yeah, anyway, back to what you were, you were saying. Be done. It's the role of a master. Is, Nick, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail you. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's on the lodge to make coming to lodge and investing in the lodge worthwhile. Um, but we're not even, we're not even talking yet about the dues hire for the sake of higher dues, right? That's a traditional observance movement thing. And that's, a, that's some of what Nick was getting into, which I'll go to in a second. All we're talking about right now, or all I'm talking about is dues need to be high enough that the lodge isn't hurting for money every month. Or you just leave a hat out and said, guys, if you could pay more, please, this is it. So, okay, because so like what, you what happens if you do that and then nobody does? Yep. Well, then the lodge closes. End of story. Too bad. When, when that's you your that. solution? That's my solution. If you want to be cheap, if a bunch the of... The lodge oh, closes. Because guys can't guys, pay the dues. Look. Guys if, can't contribute if, anything when the hat comes around because they're old guys. They're all on fixed incomes. Sorry, guys. Find another lodge. This one's closed. No, look, look, you put it out like this. Listen, guys, we're short this month or this much every year. Here's the whatever. Here's the breakdown. We have guys, 10%, 20%. It's very easy to calculate who are on fixed incomes. They can't pay more. We don't want to raise our dues because we know it's going to affect the brothers who don't make a lot of money. What we're asking for is if you can, please donate to the lodge so we can keep the lights on. That's all. Or you can start a pool as we have done in the past, right after we raised dues the last time. It's the same function, but it's hey, if you can pay more, throw some more in so we can cover some of the brothers who are on fixed incomes and can't. That that that's always been a thing, and it would always be a thing. Uh, but then the lodge has the ability to to choose who that is, because as we talked about two episodes ago. You occasionally have a guy who's old and just doesn't want to pay it. it it's not that he can't. Uh, that guy that I was chasing down thinking he might be dead or something, and no, he was just ignoring my notices and said he's not paying it anymore. Fine, uh, so he's not a Mason. And to, right. Go he's, on. He's not. Right. We, we but, voted him out last meeting. He's literally not. <laughs> he will be held up as an example by a bunch of guys who don't even remember his name as somebody we ran out because dues were too high. Even though we sent the chaplain to like personally talk to this guy, and it, it wasn't even about that at all. He just wouldn't pay any more money because he didn't see the point. Um, he might have seen the point if he'd been to Lodge in the past 15 years, but that's a different story. 
Well, so, I'll argue from his point. It might have been worth it if you, if somebody from the lodge contacted him in the last fifteen years or gave him something worth coming to the lodge to. We paid his grand assessment for the last four years. All right, that's your Five. fault. And I'm also very. Oh strongly, well, I, I rectified it this year. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm very strongly <laughs> on the on the knocking at the door philosophy in Freemasonry about we're not supposed to drag guys kicking and screaming and guilt trip them into coming to lodge and so on. Oh, of course. If you want to be there, you'll be there. And if you don't, then we don't want you there anyway. Like well, it's it, only fifty percent. I I want to be there when it's worth my time. I don't want to right. be there to hear you read six. I was at a lodge meeting recently. They read six things worth of minutes. Yeah. How on earth they even? <laughs> you guys Did you visit us? us? How does that happen? What, was it our lodge, Nick? Because that happened last meeting. Yes. 45 minutes. Oh, 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 I don't... Why is that worth my time? I don't want to read six sets of minutes, but I'm yeah. bound by rules that I'm powerless to change. Um, I think the reading of minutes in lodge is dumb. I've said this many, many times. There, there's really... I think the handling of routine lodge business in open lodge is dumb. That Absolutely. the lodge could appoint a committee to do that and just make the books open to the membership if somebody wants to to raise cane about it. And I think it's kind of dumb that the treasurer reads a treasurer report on the bills we paid and what the balance is. Like just, yeah. just have it there if somebody wants to look. And otherwise, let the master and the wardens and the secretary and the treasurer just just handle that stuff. Which I never uh, understood. So we have the treasurer read from a piece of paper that he wrote down in a pen. Our balance is this, and that's supposed to help prevent in case him or somebody else is stealing from the lodge, but we're just trusting his handwriting on a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, we so we I, have an audit every year that does that, um, where the secretary and treasurer's books and the statements from the bank and the dues card binder are compared by an audit committee to make sure everything lines up. Nice. Um Yes, I actually get really nervous about that every year, and I don't know why. Because, <laughs> like, I why know you that, nervous. Well, that's that's what I don't know. Like, I know it's all gonna line up, but I'm always terrified that like I've made a mistake, and somehow that'll turn into an accusation of wrongdoing. Now, I'm I'm I I get nervous about it for very personal reasons related to my family that I'll talk about off the air. With some of you guys, but. Uh, I have some family members that have been in hot water for, for financial misdealings and uh, the sins of the father are visited on the son, as they say. So I'm like extra cautious and nervous about that sort of thing. Um, but we, I just, we, we have to, like those are the rules in our jurisdiction and like so many other silly rules regarding alcohol and due structure, et cetera, it, the whole thing just seems silly. Like there should be no reason we couldn't have a due structure that that allows for the accounting of of guys on a fixed income. Um, well, then they have absolutely. to submit their income. So I got it. Oh, guys, come on, you're killing me here. I'm gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> so you're so now every year the, the secretary treasurer treasurer doesn't know anything year. anymore anyway. Yeah, that's true. Every year, everybody has to submit their W-2s to you so you can give the Roman thumbs up or thumbs down on what percentage of income they make. No. You have a brother. That's being elitist. You have a brother. Uh, 
uh, the elitism thing I, I don't want to touch on yet because I've got some really good thoughts. All right, on, all right, all right. Hold on, but, hold on, hold on one second, Harlan. Nick, what do you think dude should be? Oh god. <laughs> to it's be honest, crap. to be honest, I'm fifty fifty on all this. I, oh I no really... no 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 no! That's bullshit. No, you're pissed off, man. Put your roll hat back on. You you I don't... feel very strongly about this. You have to have an yeah. answer. What I should think... dudes be? I think you dues should are be George Washington incarnate. You can now set dues for the entire United States. What are dues? I think dues. I, I really don't have an answer. I really don't. I think, listen, listen, I think they should be enough. I think they should be enough that the due, that it pays the dues and it pays for that portion, whatever. And there's some left for a rainy day. Absolutely. But we there's shouldn't. a lot of whatever and some and stuff and that answer oh okay bruce what do you think it should be twelve hundred dollars a year twelve hundred what are we prince hall you know prince hall is six grand a year in some jurisdictions yes you've not been listening to the show very long have you (laughs) (laughs) we've gone on about prince hall and their due structure so so what you're saying is twelve hundred a year is a bargain that's like that's what i'm hearing from you right now nick did you know that that george washington was a mason why do you gotta piss me off? Like I don't understand. Wait, wait! I'm trying to get an answer out of you. Did you know that when George Washington became a Mason, his initiation fees <laughs> were two weeks worth of a working man's wages? Significantly higher. Higher. higher how much were those? Today's. How much were those? Fine. Okay, I get it. What would that be like? Like three thousand dollars now? I could kind of be convinced that twelve hundred is okay, but but if I'm giving your lodge twelve hundred dollars, you best damn make it worth my time. I don't want to hear any minutes. I don't want to hear any arguing. We ain't That's doing this right. ten. Pe- Wait, if if you're giving, you just said if I'm giving your lodge a hundred dollars a my, month, you're not giving our lodge anything. I'm unless giving you remember. my lodge. A hundred dollars a month. There's there's an ownership thing that you join the lodge you want, Nick. Nobody's forcing you to join a lodge. Well, more importantly, it's your lodge. Like you're not you're not absent of any responsibility. Be hung up on one word. If my lodge suddenly raised their dues to twelve hundred dollars a year, I don't want to hear any minutes. I don't want to hear any BS. If I don't want seventeen people to stand up each meeting and say. I would like to echo what brothers number 15 said, and I'm standing up and I have nothing really important to add to this conversation. They're not going to because the man who pays that much money a year to go to lodge is going to be invested in his lodge. He's going to have something to fucking say. Or if the minutes aren't being read in open lodge, people aren't going to do that because then they're not getting like, there's no point to getting their name in the minutes because no one's going to read the minutes. You see, you see the circular part. reasoning. I didn't get that part. So a lot of I these guys stand up. To stand up at every meeting now, just to get yes. my name in the middle. because I hate to make those a people. The guys that stand up, Marshall Master, to you, through you, to the brother and president. I would like to say something for ten minutes that has nothing to do with what we're talking right. about, and then I'm going to piss off another brother. He's going to stand up and say, yep. "To you, through you, to the brother and president." I like okay. to echo what brother so and so said. Again, but when your people stand up, you have to do the to you. When he's paying twelve hundred dollars a year. Some people, rich. There's dumb rich people, right? Okay, then, then that's fine. But there's gonna be a lot less of. There are gonna be seventeen, like you said. <laughs> Probably two. Um, 
Yeah. So, but but what you're talking about is the guy who's who goes to lodge for the nonsense, and I can guarantee you that guy is not getting twelve hundred dollars a year worth from his lodge. And that guy's gonna like quit coming if he's not interested in exactly. in what's actually happening. So, right. uh, and there are people who actually come to lodge just for that stuff, and it still that boggles my mind too. But to each his own. Um, I get my fill of that in every other civic organization in town. Uh, you can go to city council meetings for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> at your, dues, your dues at the city council meeting are significantly higher than they are at your lodge. <laughs> I don't even my mother, my mother lodge is, I think, approximately $350 a year for dues. I, we have gobbles of money in the bank. But my other lodge so I is think five, so yeah. Yeah, see right there. So on one hand, yes, they should be in a large amount of money. Great, but we should uh, see. I'm on the fence with everything. We should do something for our older brother and never on fixed right. income. Take a stance, Nick. Well, and to be fair, if if you go back through Brother Johnson's uh, article, he doesn't really talk about the older brothers because he probably just naturally didn't think about it because yeah of course we're going to take care of them they've been around forever especially young right well it's just we're, we're of course we're not going to let them slip out like there are elder brothers well, you right? say that but then does it go on the other side like do we help out the jobless guys no no and that's that was the next point he was getting to and this is what i really liked that he had the balls to say that i'm always too scared to say in my lodge and, and elsewhere <laughs> Which is you will want dues to price out all but those who have their acts together. Yes, he, that was that was a quote, right? Yes. But basically, what he's saying is, we're not in the business of of bringing in guys who aren't at a point in their life where they're able to afford to do it. And if that means that the eighteen-year-old guy can't can't make it in, okay, we're not ready for you yet, and you're not ready for us. That Freemasonry, we are the shapers of stone, not the miners in the quarry. Like it's not our job to go into the quarry and get the stone out. You're you're supposed to already be in somewhat reasonable shape. That that's financially, that's with your family. So if you don't have the time to come to lodge, so you need to go do a one day class and, and go through oh, all the hundred percent agree really, with the one day class. And get it done really cheaply and so on. Because we need that eighteen year old guy, but he doesn't have any time and he doesn't have any money. He's not ready for us yet. We want the guys yeah. who've reached a point where they've got a little bit of time that they can commit, they want to commit it, and they're stable enough in their personal life that they can afford the dues. Because if you're oh. not to that point yet, the lodge is just taking on another obligation. It's oh, so now, so now you guys are going to judge the hell out of me, and you're going to say, okay, is your wife going to have a baby this year? How is that going to affect your time? We don't, are you going to lose your time this year? Because if you are, we don't, we don't want to deal with you. But we don't have to ask any of those questions because the process just takes care of it. If you have to go through the degrees one at a time in full form and learn the proficiencies and study with your lecturer, if you aren't going to have the time for whatever reason, whether you had kids or you work a bazillion hours a week or whatever it is, you don't have the time. So you're, you're just not going to do it. Like you're not going to progress. Nobody needs to ask you why you don't have the time. It doesn't matter why you don't have it. Also, if you don't have it, you're not, you're not going to pay that much money if you know you're not going to be at least somewhat invested personally as far as being there. Yeah, but your point is kind of kind of mute because that doesn't make mute. sense. But M -O -O -T. Whatever. <laughs> um, but 
My points Nick are Johnson. never. Nick Johnson said, examine a petitioner for fitness by asking him where he is in life. If he is yeah. just starting out, he is not ready. I'm sorry, I need to be judged on if I'm ready to join a lodge or not. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely something should. you are. That's yeah, what you're uh, mitigating committees for. Yep. But, no, no, it's not. Look, if, I, if we raise somebody and he doesn't have – we've seen countless guys get raised and then all of a sudden some excuse, they never come back to lodge. Let's exclude them for a moment. But if a guy, 18, 21, 25, comes to you and he says, hey, you know, I saw it on the internet. I'm interested in learning. Now we have this investigation committee that acts like they're elitists, and they're like, oh, you're getting married next year. Oof. Unfortunately, we don't think that's going to – we think that's going to take away some time from the lodge. And then, what, what, why would any of that happen? Because – Encourage people just to get married and have children. That's, that's part of being a good husband and father. Right. Like, why would um, we exclude them for that? First of all, masonry makes no such connection. Let's just straighten that out right now. Don't masonry does me. nothing to tell you about being a husband or a father. That, that's what being no. a better man is. You're a better it, yeah. citizen. The duties of social life. It, it may not say the words in, in specific, but I mean it. I mean, maybe it doesn't say you have to be a father, right? There's nothing that says you've got to be a husband or a father. It just those are those are social virtues that the lodge does anything but discourage i mean that that's when when i think what nick says just starting out you're talking about a guy who's who's just finishing college and now he's going to be working 80 hours a week and oh he he just had a kid and this other thing's going on you're not discriminating against him because he just got married or had a kid it's he doesn't have the time also, bear in mind, Nick, pretty much every time we talk about uh, our responsibilities to a fellow Mason, those include his wife and his children. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's that. But Yeah, there's that, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I'm I, saying I the point is, if he is starting out, when we petition somebody, listen, when we petition somebody, we sit down with them at their house or Starbucks or wherever, and if they, <laughs> if they told me, if they said – Listen, you know, I'm getting married next year. I just started a new job. I just graduated law school. I'm doing my residency at a hospital. Of course, of course, we should say, dude, come back to us in a couple years, please. No, no, I, I don't say, I, you know, you just ask, you know, explain to them, you know, that you may not get a lot out of it. You may not be able to put enough time in oh, sure. the lodge Absolutely. to get a lot out of it. But don't, don't incur, don't discourage them from I mean, joining just let them understand they may not get a lot out yeah. and, and you know, know that See, they're still more than welcome to join because if anything yeah they're, they may pay dues and may not show up at all for that first year or two but right. they're in so once and they're I'm, done i'm with, with you man you're never We're blackballing somebody you're never blackballing somebody because they don't have time right you're, that's you're, what he's right, saying right no, that's, he was the, that's that, the impression I got from what you just said. You not blackball yeah. them, but the investigation committee to discourage them from joining. And if they because still they may it. not have time, if they still want to so, do it, bear in mind, Nick, all of this is for their own good. As much as the lodges, if they're not ready to join, they're not ready to join. I and, no, and I agree. Most agree. of that is very easily measured. And this is where the dues thing comes in. It's very, very easily measured financially. It, it's to say, when you've got the money to, to pay your dues and the character and fitness stuff otherwise says you're ready, 
and you think you're ready, then who is the lodge to say you're not? But if the dues are like $30, it's not serving any function at all. I mean, there's there's unemployed teenagers that can come up with $30. Oh, of and course. so it, that, that function of dues in making sure that you're bringing in men who are at a point in their life where they're able to, to contribute to the lodge and get something out of it. It's not a one-to-one -one correlation, but it's a very good filter on the West gate. And, and if that sounds really elitist, and this is the thing that I appreciate Nick coming out and saying is, okay, so what? So it sounds elitist. Freemasonry has severe tones of elitism all over it. We should and we be shouldn't be ashamed of that. Discerning discerning's a better word. We hold ourselves to a standard, or at least we're supposed to. We used to. That this is what a Freemason is. This is what Freemasonry is. And we're not going to deviate from that standard for the sake of getting more guys to, to wear our rings and, and sit in our meetings. Like that, that was a mistake that was made probably a century ago now. And it has been detrimental to the craft. And, and I don't when, think when, I've ever heard you say anything, something so spot on. That was it, beautiful. The, the situation we're in now is how do we undo it because now we've got ourselves into a pickle where we have admitted all of these brothers who have come to expect that this is what Freemasonry is and this is what it should cost and they, they spent their entire life, right? So the guys on a fixed income you're talking about now, they spent their entire life in a Freemasonry where dues were $50 or their equivalent earlier as money inflated and it's not really fair to them at the end of their life to say, oh, now we're going to suddenly quick draw and go back to the way things were. So it, it's a very complex puzzle of how are we going to elevate the craft back to its former standards, but do it in such a way that we don't forsake a hundred years worth of good brothers who through no fault just, really of their own ended up here. And I think the ultimate answer to that, which is another thing Nick alluded to in his article was we need to give individual lodges more discretion over how to run their affairs and let the individual lodges figure out how to do it. And that's going to be elitist as hell too because some lodges are going to do it well and they're going to flourish and other lodges are going to shrivel and die. And the ones who flourish are going to be lodges who end up with, just do, do the math in your head, the lodges that end up with higher expectations financially, higher expectations for participation, for dress, for oh, the functions of their lodge, they're going to be the lodges that look really freaking elitist, are going to be the ones that survive while the others are crumbling, and it's only going to add to this elitist divide. And, and But that's I really agree. the only, only way I see to do it, is, is let lodges figure it out. We've been trying that with my other lodge, and at every opportunity, we are foisted by the Grand Lodge saying, you can't do this. Nope, you can't do that. Nope, you can't do this. And so it's this constant exercise of how, how, can, we, how can we revitalize Freemasonry in our lodge when all of these rules are built to keep dues artificially low and to admit as many men as possible and to dictate everything down to what you can serve for dinner in your lodge. And by that, I mean, there's, there's no wine at the table lodge. It's kind of ridiculous from the grand lodge standpoint. And I don't know how to fix it. I don't claim to have the answers, 
but I think that running from the image of elitism is, is the wrong thing to do. I think mm -hmm. Nick was, I'm doing it now because Nick did it. And now I feel somewhat impotent because I didn't have the cojones to do this. So now I'm doing it because he did it first. Empowered. So what? Right. So what? So we seem elitist. Okay. I agree. That I'm a Massachusetts Mason. I totally agree with that. I, Bruce, I will meet you halfway. I would not only... $600 a year? No, no. Listen. First of all, y'all, in Florida, I think they charge a couple, a couple hundred dollars per degree. We charge 30 bucks per degree. That's y'all's fault. Uh, in any yeah, other lodge... How can you take that stance and then in, in your next breath say dues are like you know where they should be or near where they should well, be? Well, because... Because Nick is an elitist about not being an elitist. <laughs> I, I think that's. I, that's, I might that's actually agree. Sounds that. like. <laughs> I might actually agree with that. He's like but a Bruce, hipster elitist. Yeah, I was elitist before it was cool. Right. I was elitist before Millennial Mason. Okay. Um, I don't think so. Have you ever talked to Nick? We're we're no, trying he to get doesn't him back visit on us on the show. IRC. He's gonna be on again eventually. He doesn't visit us on the IRC nearly enough. I'm pretty sure like. that that he was he was being his typical Nick elitist self when he was like four. So yeah, Nick, quit writing uh, articles on your blog about how awesome this podcast is and come on this podcast. Yeah. So Bruce, I will meet you halfway. Okay. I would say, and I think I I can't find a fault in this thinking, but from this point, whatever it is, forward. Every new candidate pays this much dues going forward. Eh, no, that wouldn't work. No, no and that is also <laughs> – so that's a thing we tried in my traditional observance lodge. I don't know if I've really spelled out in a long time on the show kind of what happened there. I have uh, no idea. Basically, we were, sort of, we were sort of end-ran around chartering a new lodge, which is what we wanted to do. The Grand Lodge really didn't want us to do it, so they put up all these roadblocks about – there was this whole procedure where well, all of the charter members would have to demit from their mother lodge to be charter members of this new lodge. And of course, all of us are masters and secretaries and wardens of our mother lodges. We couldn't do that. Then Josh's new lodge um, at the nursing home, oh, that was just fine. Everybody just signed a paper and didn't have to do anything with their old lodge. I'm a little bitter if you can't tell. Anyway, because that wouldn't work, uh, we went around and we went basically lodge shopping. So there was a bunch of us guys trying to do this TO thing. We went to about 20 different lodges that we knew were just in terrible repair, right? They had a very small number of members, little to no attendance. They, they were dying lodges. And we went to each one and we made our sales pitch about, here's this thing we want to do. And if you let us do it here, like you can come along for the ride and, and we'll make your lodge awesome. We eventually found this one lodge um, that had like three guys showing up just to open the doors so that they didn't lose their charter. Turns out the reason they were doing that is this is a really old lodge. It had been around forever. Had a whole bunch of money in the bank in this beautiful lodge hall. And the only reason these guys were still coming to lodge was because they didn't want the Grand Lodge to get their hands on what their brothers and fathers and whatnot had built over a couple centuries. Really? Because in our jurisdiction, the Grand Lodge just takes everything when a lodge closes. Yeah. They didn't want to see that happen. So when we showed up to like the 20th Lodge and made the sales pitch, they were like, so what you're saying is you want to bring a whole bunch of young guys in here. You want to do awesome masonry and not let the Grand Lodge have this stuff? 
we're sold. They handed us all petitions that night. We petitioned. A month later was election night. They voted us in, and then that same night appointed us or elected us basically to all of the chairs and basically just turned everything over. So here we were with this lodge that had like 40 members plus like the 16 of us, and we wanted to start implementing TO concepts. One of those concepts is we needed to set dues at a reasonable value. The dues of this lodge were like 50 bucks because the lodge had a million dollars in the bank and the trust funds and whatnot were paying for everything. So we went to raise them but realized, well, that's problematic because all of these guys on the rolls, most of them are retired and over 70, and we can't just show up and take over their lodge and then price them all out. So we came up with this idea that you just had. Hey, what if we say everybody who joined before this date, the date we joined, is grandfathered in, and everybody who joined after, which would include us, has to pay this new uh, dollar a day dues that we set. Mm -hmm. And we got, again, fully stopped by the Grand Lodge, who said, no, 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 no. You can't have tiered dues like that. That's not a thing you're allowed to do. Um, even if the guys wanting to do it would be the guys affected. Is that so, actually prohibited in the Constitution, or is that just some kind of judge? Uh, it is. It, I forget the exact section, but it's basically dues yeah. are fixed for the entire lodge. Okay. So uh, what we have now, essentially, is a, a basically an honor system, which is if you're a newer guy, the secretary is going to send you a bill for $365, and you're expected to pay it. And if you're an old guy, he's going to send you the regular dues bill for $50, and that just is what it is. Um, and we've got by with that, but we're waiting on the first brother who says, no, nah, I'm not paying the full amount. I'm, I'm only paying $50 because that's the lodge's dues. I think the way we'll resolve that is with a setting mall Black ball. and some hoses. Well, it's too late if he's already in. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, that's, that's something you take care of in the parking lot, um, in that true Masonic... Yeah, but wouldn't way. he have to pay before yeah but if he just if any of us just decided at some point like hey we're just not paying it like really the lodge can't make you fortunately because it's a to lodge the only guys who are joining are guys who are joining for that reason mm -hmm. right and so they they pay the dollar a day right it's 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 not been a problem and i don't think it ever will be and eventually all of the existing 40 brothers like sometime in the next 30 years, probably we'll, we'll all be dead. So then it won't matter and we'll just raise dues officially. Um, but that's how we solved it. Uh, I feel like if we tried something similar at our lodge, it would be Harlan writing a big check every year mm -hmm. and maybe a couple other guys and then everyone else paying $81. I'd pay it. I'd pay it. Well, I, it, yeah, would, it would be a very small number. I said a couple of other guys, but that's what happens when you pass the hat, like what Nick talked about. When you put the money pot out, we've had to do that before. Uh, when I first joined, that's what the lodge meeting was, was passing the hat five or six times until we could pay the light bill every single month. And it was the same guys who were paying for everything. And uh, you can't have, like, if you want to be a member of the lodge, you should be paying an equal share of that lodge's expenses. I, I think if I think that's a good starting point. Like if we can get over that hurdle, then we can talk about a lot of the other stuff that Nick raised in his article. But we're not even there yet. We can't even get to the point, at least in my own lodge, where we're just talking about paying the bills. 
Like that's it. That that's all I want right now, and I can't get that without being called an elitist. So I am taking Nick's lead and following him, and now I'm just saying, so what? I'm an elitist. It is what it is. We need to pay our bills. <laughs> Call me what you will. At least you're not an elitist about being an elitist. Oh no, no, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm admitting it. Uh, in fact, this is this is our new EA meeting every week, and by EA, I don't mean Enter to Print. I mean Elitist Anonymous. Uh, my name is Harlan, and I am an elitist. Hi, Harlan. Supposed to clap now and, Hi, Harlan. Yeah, Welcome and, to Elitist Anonymous. Uh, I've got a coin somewhere. Um, where I am on two weeks of, of acknowledging my elitism. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, I think, I think you should be higher. Yes, of course. But if you make it worth it, then no brother's going to care. When you put out the hat and make it worth their time, sure, yes. But you're going to have those brothers who have, who have money and say, well, I'm not paying more. And then you're going to have the older guys, the guys who don't have a lot of money, they said, that's going to go home to their wife or their husband. They're going to be like, honey, listen, I paid a little bit more to this lodge. It's going to hurt us a little bit. But I really think it was the right decision. They're going to be like, okay, we'll pay it just if like it we paid hurts, the If it hurts, you shouldn't be doing it. Well, have you ever worked out of, before? There's a lot of... Well, the, uh, financially, working out and paying bills are two completely different things. There's, there's if, you're, a lot if, of, if, it is, if it is causing you pain to, to make a payment... On something, then you should either find a more cheaper option or wait until that doesn't hurt you. I agree. There's a lot of, of pride issues that come into play too, where guys just aren't. They're gonna go home and and eat a, a can of beans and rice for dinner because they don't want to admit that they don't have the money. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's as many of those guys as we think there are, though. Even in my own lodge, where there's a lot of retired guys on Social Security, I still don't think there's as many who honestly can't as, as you'd think. Um, one thing, though, Bruce, that, that got brought up earlier this week in a conversation with someone from a different lodge is if we did the math on who we think the number of fixed income folks are, um, set an age cap or something, and then we factored them into the what dues need to be equation based on, you know, let's keep them paying about what they're paying what, now. What equation? Are you talking about the one where you came up with? Or? The, well, the equation I came up with was basically calculating the lodge's expenses and dividing it by the number of members, uh, which seems really elitist. <laughs> uh, Is it though? Well, I guess that would work unless until your AC breaks and you guys are 30 grand in the hole. Well, that's what our social club is for. Like, they are there for that function. Like, when something major needs to be done to the hall, that that's their purpose. Um, I'm just talking about we don't have enough money to pay our utilities and Grand Lodge assessments. <sighs> Silly. So, but if we factored that in, right, so you assume that the old guys would just keep paying what they're paying, and then you have to raise dues a little bit more than you were going to for everyone else to, to cover that, and then what you do is that the dues are what, what they end up being, and everybody owes it, but then the secretary prepares a list, or somebody prepares a list, maybe there's a committee, of, of brothers, and, and all this is done in some way so as to not name them out. I don't know exactly how we do that yet. 
but basically every year we just move to for the lodge to pay x dollars for these towards these brothers as dues and that money comes out of the extra money from everyone else and yeah it's the younger guys subsidizing the older guys for a while but you know what i'm a millennial i've been doing that my entire life so i can live with it in lodge too um it, it, it was worth considering um, but that would push that number from the 170 or so we were looking at to closer to 200. Um, so I don't know. It's worth considering. I know you're trying to pawn this off on Brother Squared. Because you don't want to be the one that gets tarred and feathered after Lodge. Um, I mean, it's not that so much as it just wouldn't happen. Like, there's no... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so you can see, I hope some of you brothers in the audience, I know a lot of you hate when we get trapped in this dues argument. We've had a million times, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but I hope that you can see my frustration uh, coming through with, with, with my own situation and my own logic. Like, this is one of these examples. We get on this show and, and every week I like to sound the horn about how awesome my lodge is, right? We, we have this after lodge thing going the guys at my lodge are a model for what other lodges should be following. I think like it's been very successful for us. We're a growing lodge. We're very well known in the area. We're not even an up and comer anymore. Like we're, we're there. And, and, and I brag on these guys all the time. My lodge is fantastic. This is one issue that frustrates me to no end about my lodge. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's come through on the show many times. It, it's, it's back to that thing we've been talking about. Like we're, we're a group of grown men. At what point do grown men think somebody else should pay their bills for them? It, I've just, I, I don't have anything else to say. I'm like stuttering now because my frustration's coming through. I hear you, but all right. Well, uh, I mean, we can, we can change topics. Yeah. Um, please, please do because we're just going to talk circles. about this uh, carnival thing. We haven't heard from you in about an hour. Oh yes, Tony spreading the gates Tony, of hell. Wide Tony, Tony's got a buddy who he has now talked into running a carnival um, because of the uh, vast success of ours. He has now convinced an, an, another brother to try a carnival in his town. So, Tony, how's that going? Before we talked about that, is that considered a masonic offense? I mean, if you... <laughs> yes. If... We already admitted it. Like, oh, first, what? right. It's... What is what a Masonic events exactly? Have him listen to a few episodes of this show where we've discussed the fair, and if he still wants to do it, then no, it's not. Yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, listened. He's listened to all the shows, and well, then you're good. It, it, well, he's got a good point. Um, he says he wants to raise money and not have to cook any daggone food anymore. He's tired of cooking food to raise money. As we just talked about that, right? As, I don't. Did you just on this podcast? Yeah, like serious? literally just now, you were <laughs> in your ear <laughs> making the sounds discussing what you're saying. I have been playing on my laptop. When I heard dues, I knew where the discussion was going to go. I zoned out. <laughs> you just zoned I out. Totally out. Zoned out. <laughs> I have been doing other stuff over here. Oh, man. Okay, let me tell you what happened. I, I, I really did not just listen to the whole whatever discussion y'all had because I heard I dues. <laughs> And so, but let me tell you how it went. Harlan wants to raise the dues because uh, I did hear the word elitist. 
but Harlan wants to raise the dues, but some old people are going to throw a fit if we do raise the dues. And so the social club and the few guys are going to keep doing all the work and carrying the old guys. I don't uh, care about old guys throwing a fit. I care about old guys not being able to pay. That's the only problem I have. Very well said, brother. Here, here's the yep. whole problem, depending on what lodge you're in. Here it is in a nutshell. We can raise our dues $20. Maybe. But the problem is the genie is out of the bottle. When we decided, or we didn't, but when our forefathers decided to expand masonry and, and start go going from the one percenters and let's go ahead and get all these people to join, especially right after World War II, when we lowered the dues and everything's good because you have so many members, the genie got out of the bottle. Putting that genie back into the bottle and going back to an elitist organization is going to be extremely difficult, number one. Number two, is that what we want to do? And number three, the people that are in charge in all the Grand Lodges, for the most part, are the blue-collar guys now and not the doctors, the lawyers, the business people and all that. So, yeah, y'all can argue till you're blue in the face. If you can get an extra $20 out of somebody, you've done good. So that's my whole spiel on it. Thank you, uh, Tony. But but thank we you, brought Tony. you back into this conversation to talk about carnivals, not to rehash okay. what we've talked about. <laughs> because we can't raise the dues, we need carnivals. Exactly. Uh, so this guy wants this guy. Actually, he called after Lodge Harlan or sent him a message or whatever. He says, "Hey, I want to start a a carnival." Uh, I ended up calling the guy back. His name is Brian. That's all I say. He's from South Carolina. Uh, him and Truman hit it off famously. Let me tell you. Uh, but uh, they really got along good. But anyway, he wants to do a carnival. And I told him, I said, well, here's the deal. You've got to have one really strong personality in the lodge that's going to have a fever for this, that's going to have a passion, that's going to push it through. And then the second thing you have to have is a Harlan. Now, if you don't have a Harlan, don't do the fair. <laughs> You've got to have a Harlan. And, uh, and that's kind of the way it works. Whoever runs the fair has to have a Harlan. And uh, actually, I think he said his junior warden, he's the master. He's the master for the fourth or fifth time in his lodge. Um, the lodge is not broke, uh, but they want to do something different. And so he's going to do bouncy houses. And I just gave him the steps to follow to go along to do it. They've got a very similar situation to us. And if he plays it right in the next three or four years, they'll take that event over. So we may have some competition as a Masonic. A thousand years from now, what's going to happen? This, the After Lodge podcast is spreading the love and truth of carnivals. A thousand years from now, some historian is going to be trying to figure out what happened to masonry. How come, how come all these traveling vendor people, carnal carnies, are all masons? Where did that happen? And they'll, if they dig deep enough, they'll go back to... So, uh, our lodge and <laughs> carnivals. Good so this, is, <laughs> this is where it started. So, but anyway, that's that's pretty much it. Um, that's it. And he said he missed Truman, and so Harlan I don't have. I don't have a hat. So, yeah. I didn't say the whole word. I said. So, you said enough, damn it! And thanks for saying it again, Harlan. You wanna. Thank him for that, because we are Sleepy Lodge. <laughs> oh, that's not going to make any sense when you cut it. 
right, guys, do we, uh, do, do we want to keep going or are we cutting it here? Well, Nick asked a smaller question of can you pick who raises you? No. That was easy. Yes. Yes, you can. As long as you know somebody. I mean, you, you I have specifically... to say it, but when you come into a lodge, if the whole oh, lodge well. knows that there's somebody, you know, in that lodge that you, like, you know, your father, your grandfather, or whatever, then, yeah, they're going to work with you. Oh, okay. I was oh. like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you, no, you, you, you don't get the as an EA and be like, I want that guy to raise me. Well, well no, actually, my my well, best friend was going to be the one to raise me, and he was not even he's not even a member of my lodge. He just couldn't make it down for the degree. He he lived out of state, and he 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 wasn't able to get off work to make it uh, for my raising. But if he had, he was going to be the one to raise me. Like that, I'd arranged it with the master and everything. So, hmm. well, but how did you know? Cool, actually, how did I know what? How did you know? How how did you word that to the master? I want my best friend to. Actually, I I, I actually asked to be my to be my guide, but. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Sounds like somebody did a bit of reading. <laughs> I'd already been in three, uh, two other degrees. I'd already done two others. But you I'm talking to do with the third degree. Like I didn't ask before I got into everything. I, 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 that, I think that's what you're mis- you're, you're, you're interpreting. I, like I didn't come in from the beginning. Like after the first degree and the second, you know, you have the guide, and I was. I wanted my best friend to be there for my third degree, and I wanted him to be my guide. But that makes sense. Yeah, that makes can, a little bit more sense. Can we so, back up? Okay. Can we back up real quick to the dues discussion? Nope. Uh, no. Well, it's nope. not. A, it's not about dues. Nope. Wait a minute, can you please really gavel him down? <laughs> this is what I was talking about. This is what no, I'm talking about. Not, Number seventeen, right hold here. On, hold on. He it's, said it's not about dues. It's not about dues. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, uh, Nick. Right? Is it Nick? You talking no. about me or the article? No, 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 no. Tony, my name is Bruce. I'm not I'm, you. I'm, I'm uh, the master in your lodge this year. I sit in the big chair to the east. I wear the hat. The I wear the hat. And everything. The other guy, Nick. I right? know my name. Oh, oh yeah, the, no, talking, no, that's, that's okay. Nick. Nick. He's talking okay. about me or the article. You, you, you yes. make a you made a comment over and over and over oh. again when I had zoned out. But what, I, what one thing I did catch on that was that. Um, it would. I would pay more dues. I'd be willing, or if I'm going to pay that much money, I want to go to a lodge and I want it to be worthwhile. What is when I go to lodge? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't go to lodge to hear Harlan read the minutes. I don't go to lodge to hear to, to hear to even see Bruce open and close the lodge. Although I'm trying to be more in the moment when that's going on now. Seriously, mm-hmm. but what I go to lodge for is after lodge. I go to lodge so I can hang out afterwards with different guys, the camaraderie and all that. Lodge, and I'm being perfectly honest here, is almost something you get through so that we can <laughs> hang out afterwards. That's that's why I go to lodge. So what 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 would what would encompass a reason for a, a better lodge experience in your opinion? We could save that for the next episode of After Lodge, but I will give you the answer right now of if you have to get through Lodge, then your Lodge is doing it wrong. Hey, we're not in Ohio. Yeah, it's not so much getting through Lodge, but the main reason, 
Okay, I'm not going there for the experience of Open Lodge because uh, we do read the minutes. We do do, and we do some business and stuff like that. But a whole lot of it is, oh, we have a grand Oopaloopa here today, and he's going to tell us about something, you know, or he's. It, it's all the stuff that I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in ever being, you know, any of that. Okay, what I am there for is my brothers, and I love spending time with all the brothers there. That, that that's why I go. That's why I joined okay. After Lodge Lodge. Is it has an After Lodge? The After Lodge method of Lodge success it, it works. Yes, that is right. the exact yeah. reason I joined. Heck, I liked it so much I went to work for one of my brothers. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. And there's nothing. But what's stopping you from skipping Lodge and just going to After Lodge? Nothing. We have guys that do that. Because if we want to do that, all the guys are there after lodge. <laughs> That's what, you have to go to do two lodge to go meet up with everybody to, to hang out with them. That's my favorite I'm, part of lodge no, we, after lodge. I'm gonna, we I'm have guys, and, and I was one of those guys uh, when I was district deputy. Is um, I So some nights I'd have to go to a lodge that met the same night mine did. So I would go to that lodge, and then the parking lot would be empty at like you know an hour after lodge open. I would drive back to our lodge to show up in time for lodge to be closing and to hang out after lodge. That's like awesome. I was one of those guys that just showed up, skip lodge entirely. Yeah. Uh, we, we have people that do that who work late. Maybe they can't make it. Um, yeah. We had a guy for a while who just, when he got off of work, he didn't have enough time to get cleaned up and he didn't want to come to lodge covered in drywall dust or whatever and, and looking happy. So he would just show up usually towards the end of lodge and just kind of sit out in the dining room and wait on us. Um, but yeah, so totally yeah, cool. it's so, so here I'll, I'll give you one quote. It's a couple sentences long from Wilm, uh, Wilmshurst, Wil, Wilmshurst. See, now I'm doing the stuttering thing <laughs> and then, and then I'll go, and then I'll go back to, uh, the question I raised about who gets to raise you. So Wilmshurst said in his book, uh, the Masonic initiation, I think, he says, some members have no wish to be Masonically educated. They are content in being Masons in name only and are satisfied with that monotonous, mechanical repetition of unexplained ceremonies and side lectures fulfilling every requisite and conveys all that is to be known. Yet in every lodge, yet in every lodge are to be found brethren who are asking for something more than this who know that the craft was designed for wider and better ends, who, as earnest seekers after wisdom and light, entered the order in the hope of finding them, but who too often are repelled by what they do find there or lose interest when their needs are left unprovided for. Uh, it is in the special interest of this worthier type of mason, blah, 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 this and that. Which the, the kind of just realized I didn't really make the point I want to say. The point is that there's different types of masons, and it's totally fine. But you need to make the lodge worth the guys, worth you wanting to go to lodge, not you lodge would, becoming the chore. So the reward for doing that chore is being with your brothers after lodge. Anyway, back to my question. We'll table that for the next one if you don't mind. My question is who gets to raise you? Because I got to raise my brother in Florida, but there were some guys on the IRC that were talking about um, 
that no one's the only person that's allowed to raise them is either their father who is a mason or the worshipful master and that's it so that's why i wanted your guys's opinion on who gets to raise you For in our jurisdiction it's purely whoever the master says yeah or the master himself why why would it ever be done any other way yeah I mean, why if if there's somebody who's important to you in a lodge like let's say your grandfather who who is who's a grand lodge to say no Crazy, sure. I mean, like but this. what if, uh, like, Bruce, would you allow, I don't know, like, if if I was a senior deacon and I went to school with the guy yes. who's being raised? Look, before you finish that yes. question, yes. If I know, if I'm the master of the lodge and I know that you joined this lodge because of a specific person and that person wants to do it, yes. That's yep. awesome. I don't I don't care the connection. It's not. That's awesome. Like, why? I don't know. I don't understand why that's a deal to anybody. Grand Lodge rules, apparently. Not in Florida or Massachusetts, but nah. these guys were saying. So, uh, I guess we're done here. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> Sounds like it. I'm, I'm, I'm a little taken aback by, by how... Uh, I think we're ended, this show was. But, but we're ending the show that I've got a crappy lodge and I'm a horrible mason. Is it, Who said that? Wait, what? Because I don't, I don't, because I don't want the um, education. Actually, I do want the education. To be honest, most of the educational talks that I've seen, no offense to anybody, are the same. George Washington was a mason talk. You All right. Know? No, he okay. was. Why? Why? Why are you gonna piss me off at the All end? Right. Of the so, so, Tony, I was on the fence about this for the past week or so, and you've pushed me over the edge. Uh, so tonight. Uh, Nick, I have gone after you several times um, in, in good brotherly spirit about talking about some of the responsibility for making your lodge worthwhile to attend falls on you. Uh, and so in the spirit of that, Bruce, if you will clear some time on the agenda for our meeting on the third Saturday, I will begin this by introducing some educational topic of worth. Awesome. Awesome. Really? Awesome. Oh, we, buddy! We have that on recording, so that is definitely yes. happening this month or next no. month. No, the third Saturday, because uh, uh, we don't have anything going on month. this month. Uh, it is being penciled in right now. Oh, buddy! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's going to be on Hagrid because this is theory, theory thing. No, but, actually, but it's. I've got some ideas. I'll talk to Bruce about them. But um, I'm trying to set a standard here that there's an expectation for other people to then do this after me. So um, mostly because I feel bad because I kept yelling about how it's 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 my responsibility or your responsibility if your lodge is, is getting boring to do something about it. So this is me practicing what I preach. Hmm. So, Good on you. All right, Harlan. Uh, and also because I said I was going to wear a suit tonight and didn't, so I also feel bad about that. You did say that. You should. And again, you were mostly there. If you could have got there in like two minutes. I don't know. Why yeah, I should have thrown a coat and tie on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I already took so, that stuff off. So, Harlan, before we proceed to shut down, uh, in this coming week, aside from uh, you know abandoning your lodge <laughs> in the interest of your political ambitions, what do you what do you what do you have planned? No, that that's really it. That's okay. like all I've been all right. doing is there's this big political. I respect event. that. 
in our state this weekend, and I have been absolutely overrun with, with this thing. So I'll be glad when it's when it's wrapped up. And yeah, sure, we just gave away where we're at. Yeah, there's big political events in every state every weekend. <laughs> no, no. When you said the third Saturday stuff. Oh no, that was something completely different. Yeah, wait, I, you I don't watch meets on the third Saturday? First yes, third. we've given away where we are like so many times. So. Yeah, we're not we're not overtly hiding it. We just don't want to advertise wow. it on every episode. I am so jealous. You guys meet on a Saturday? Right. Yeah. How do you think yeah. we have after lodge? Let me let me tell you something, Nick. The you, fact you that our lodge that? meets on a Saturday is the only reason I'm a member of this lodge. Are you serious? Dude, that's I like the greatest up. idea I've ever heard. You, you've heard Harlan has mentioned more than once that me and him and various other sort of people have been hanging out after lodge till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you never, you you never thought, hey, fun? how do they do that on the weekday? My brother, I did that all the time in Massachusetts, but the, it sucked because it was a Thursday night. Like, but we, I didn't, man, I am so jealous. Damn. Yeah. Um, Saturday meetings are also the, well, the reason I joined our lodge is because it's two blocks from my house. Uh, but <laughs> I didn't know anybody who was in masonry here when I joined, like my grandfather's long dead. So um, the reason I'm still a member there is because it meets on Saturday. Gosh. Because I wouldn't have been able to progress in masonry the way I have were it not for having a lodge that meets on Saturday. It's it's a big deal to a lot of us. Um, in fact, the only reason our lodge exists is to meet on Saturday. That's true. So, okay, Harlan, I get it. it no, hurts. like really, it was our lodge was chartered by guys from a nearby lodge who couldn't come to Lodge because they worked for this union shop or whatever. And, and anyway, uh, there's a whole bunch of them that couldn't come to Lodge unless it met on Saturday night. So they all like forked off. So this other Lodge helped fund us to get started. Like we call them our mother Lodge because all of the members came from there and most of the money came from there to get this ball rolling just so you could have a Lodge that met that night. So, and that's also why it's so young, right? Our lodge was chartered in the eighty-four uh, in the seventies, and it was our building was constructed in the eighties. You're looking thinking of the cornerstone. I shouldn't say that anyway. Yeah. Um, wow. In in our state, we are one of the youngest lodges. I think we're now the fourth youngest because there was Second. another one that got chartered. Second, yeah, no third. Well, there's youngest. a lodge of research that I was counting in there too. Wow. Um, Aren't both of those younger? Yes. Then okay, yeah. so we're the fifth youngest then. Anyway, <laughs> um, we are... That, that Saturday thing's cool, and you should look into it. That's, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> that will definitely help your after-lodge success. For sure. Um, yeah, on that note, I guess that will be the end of episode 172, uh, which I don't know what the title again, but I'll just call it Deja Vu or Um... <laughs> Yeah, so thanks for listening, and uh, you can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. You can, once again, find us on Facebook, not yes. yet Twitter, but on Facebook uh, at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. 
don't call us on the phone because that number is long dead. And who uses a phone anymore anyway? Um, so why is that phone number still listed then? Because I copy and paste that chunk of the show notes every week. And there's 172 now episodes, and I'm not going to go back and undo them all. Well, just don't start them. Take it off of the newer episodes. <laughs> well, I will, uh, if I remember. It's like someone's like, oh, you know what happened? 172. He stopped mentioning the phone number. Can you believe it? <laughs> so, um, you can hang out with us on IRC, where if you were doing that tonight, uh, you would have seen the live stream. And Nick did a big service by telling everyone on Facebook that we were going to be recording tonight, so it wasn't short notice like it has been previously. Hopefully um, the IRC so, was bumping. Yes. Uh, was, no, find that at irc.snoonin.org. Pound sign Freemasonry. IRC powering the world of nerds since 1980-something. Uh, oh, I meant to say brought to you by IRC, but it's less funny now. And uh, you can also find the After Lodge podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Music Store and Potter and Stitcher and whatever other podcast directories are out there. It'd really help us out if you would uh, share that around, maybe leave some feedback, uh, even if it's bad. Although I'll cry if you know. Yeah, you don't leave us a review. Even if uh, you don't like yes, it. tell your friends about us. Uh, we are trying desperately to spread the After Lodge method as one of the keys to saving modern Freemasonry. So uh, that's, well, shoot, that's it. Well, thanks, everyone. This is uh, After Lodge Harlan signing out, and we'll see you next week. What, Nick? What? I was going to say, if any of our listeners have any opinions on anything that we've discussed or argued or screamed about on this podcast, please go to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear your opinions. Or the subreddit. Or the subreddit. subreddit. That's where you are, you on the subreddit. Subreddit. Are you on the Facebook there are women on there. They cry. Facebook is for ads. <laughs> All right. Thank you. See you brothers next week. Bye, everybody. Nice. Yeah. This must be my dream.